Well, today we begin a new sermon series that I'm calling Seasoning the Season. And my hope during this season of Advent is as we are faced with all of the commercialization of the season, that we might find a way to season this season uh, with what really adds the flavor to the season. And that is the greatest gift of love that God has ever made known to us in the form of His Son, Jesus. And so we're going to be looking at some of the traditions and some of the activities that we'll all be uh, partaking in during this, whole, this season and, and seeking to, to enhance the flavor of those things with our faith. And so that's the hope. And so today's uh, title is Greeting One Another with Expressions of God's Love. Now, way back in 1943, American troops were just in the midst of uh, fully engaged in World War II. And every single day when you picked up a newspaper, there were a list of casualties of American soldiers. It was a very difficult season, not only in our country, but throughout the world. And so this man, Philip Van Doren Stern, sat down and beginning the annual task of sending out his Christmas cards. And in the midst of this difficult season in our country and in our world, he wanted to encourage the people that received his cards uh, and with, with some good news in the midst of this terrible time in our nation and in our world. And so what he decided that he would do is that he would get creative and he would actually write a Christmas, a a, a short story to share with people in his Christmas cards. And so he sat down, he began to write this story and, and the protagonist in the story was a guy by the name of George. And George's business had taken a downturn. In fact, he'd even been accused of a crime that he did not commit commit and he was likely facing some time in prison and as he looked around he just wished that he'd never ever been born and and he decided that he was going to take his own life. Boy that's a real encouraging story there Philip to put in your Christmas cards. But the encouraging part happened is just when George was about to end his life he had an encounter with an angel. And this angel began to tell George just how good and how wonderful a life he really had. And this angel began to show George that if, if you had not been born, the world would be a far worse place than it is. And, and, and George, uh, if you had not been born, then um, you would not see all of these blessings that are around you. And this angel helped George begin to believe that in fact there were blessings all around him and it totally changed his life. Now chances are you remember the story because George's Christmas story that he sent to his friends in a Christmas card ended up being a major motion picture. And for many of us it's one of our favorite movies in the Christmas season Of course, I'm talking about it's a wonderful life. And it all began because a man wanted to greet others and encourage others with good news in the midst of a difficult time. 
Well, there's another instance of a man who wanted to encourage the people that he loved with good news. Uh, This was written well before 1943. This was written somewhere around 65 A.D. It was written by a physician. His name was Luke. He'd recently been converted to the faith by a man named Paul. And Luke was writing a letter to someone who had himself been recently uh, converted to the Christian faith, a man by the name of Theophilus. And Luke wanted to encourage this young man in the midst of a season where the church was being persecuted in lots of different ways. He wanted to encourage him with good news. And so what did Luke do? Luke sat down and he wrote his own short story. He did a lot of research. He wrote this story. He sent it to Theophilus. And what he told Theophilus was about the birth of Jesus, about the life of Jesus, about the death of Jesus, and about the resurrection of Jesus. This letter that Luke wrote to Theophilus, trying to encourage someone that he loved with good news, not only encouraged Theophilus, but later it was adopted by the church and it was included in what we now know as the Holy Bible and we call it the Gospel according to Luke. It all began with Luke trying to communicate and to express a greeting to a dear friend Theophilus and give him good news in a time where he wasn't sure there was good news to be found anywhere. Now, listen, um, there's a really good chance that all of those notes that I write, none of them will ever make their way into a motion picture. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. And there's a really good chance that the sermons that I preach here on Sunday mornings, that, that, that somebody one day is not going to say, I think we ought to add that particular sermon of Tommy's into the Bible. That would be a really nice addition. You know, right after Revelation, it's probably never going to happen, right? And yet God can still use our words and our greetings, our expressions of God's love to fundamentally change the lives of people around us and people in the world. And that's what I want to talk to you about. In the midst of this busy Christmas season where uh, we hear story after story, even up in Hendersonville this past weekend, there's a big old fight that broke out in Walmart over a TV. Y'all, TVs are not worth fighting about. But in the midst of this season, what if you and I tried to be the countercultural agents where we, where we greeted people with expressions of God's love? See, greetings are a big deal in Scripture. Uh, you heard one of the greetings with Miss Nancy talked about in her children's sermon this morning about how the angel Gabriel came and greeted Mary and told Mary that she was about to uh, give birth to the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Jesus the Christ. You're familiar with other greetings in Scripture. You remember how Zechariah went into the temple. He was just doing his temple, his priestly duty. And all of a sudden, there was an angel of the Lord that visited him and told him uh, in a greeting that he was about to be the father of what would be, who would become known as John the Baptist. 
You might remember that there was an angel that visited Joseph in a vision while he slept. And Joseph was thinking about just dismissing Mary quietly after he found out that she was pregnant and that the child wasn't his. And this angel, this vision in the dream said to him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For she is about to give birth to the Messiah of the world. Paul loves himself some greetings. Every one of Paul's writings in the New Testament's a letter. And he spends at least part of that letter just greeting people over and over and over again. In Romans chapter 16 alone, the whole chapter is just him greeting one person after another after another. I could have chosen that scripture to preach from today, but the names of the people being greeted were much harder than the ones I chose today. So I gave that to Martha, Reverend Martha. She did a great job, didn't she? I wouldn't have read that. Um, (laughs) Paul would greet people over and over and over again. And when you and I read those greetings, we might just zone out. We don't know these people. They don't mean anything to us. And we think it's just a boring way to spend a letter. But can you imagine being the one that was being greeted by the Apostle Paul? Can you, be, can you imagine what it would feel like that out of all the people in a particular church that you were one of the ones that was on Paul's mind and on Paul's heart when he wrote that letter and that he just wanted to say hello or he just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing or if he just wanted to communicate, stick with it, stay with it, you're doing a great job. That would have been really, really powerful if you had been the one that had been encouraged by one of the great apostles of the early church. That's exactly what Paul is doing here. In our scripture lesson today, Paul also greets some people. And he does so right after he spent some time uh, introducing them to Christian doctrine, to, the, to his theology. Paul mixes it as well as anybody. He can, he can wax eloquently about theology all day long, but he also takes time to greet those people who are very special in the life of the church. You see, when we greet people, we validate our concern for them. When we greet people with expression of God's love, what we're saying is, I see you, and you matter to me, and you matter to God, and I honor you by greeting you with expression of God's love. Now, we greet each other every single week in this church. And, and, and the whole point of us doing that is because we too are reminding ourselves are the, of the importance of greeting one another with expressions of God's love. And that's why we turn to one another and, and we don't say, how's your mama and them? We're not supposed to anyway. We greet each other and we say, the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And then they respond, and also with you. We greet each other with that peace. And in our writing today, that Paul's writing to the church of Colossians, in verses 5 and 6, he gives us the information that we need in order to greet one another during this holy season with expressions of God's love. He says this, Conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. 
Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. The first thing that stands out to me is when he says, uh, conduct yourselves widely towards outsiders. You and I might say people outside of our church Maybe people who don't go to church. Maybe people who don't have the faith that we have. And and he's he's reminding us of how important it is to season our greetings and our conversations that reflect the faith that is taking place inside us. And so this means when you're getting your coffee from Starbucks or when you're waiting in a long line at a department store or, or when you're uh, waiting in traffic to, to uh, remind yourself of the importance of what you say to other people and how you greet other people uh, communicates in a great way what is going on inside you. And how different might the world be instead of getting angry and upset when somebody is stealing the TV that we want or gets the TV that we want if instead we greeted one another with expression of God's love. So he talks about outsiders. He also says that our talk should be full of grace. Uh, I hope you know by now that the definition of grace is undeserved and unmerited. There are going to be a lot of people that you encounter during this Christmas Eve that don't deserve a good word from the Lord, okay? They will cut you off in traffic. They will try to steal your parking place or fight you for one. They will, I mean, it's going to be awful out there during over the next 23 days, Um When we treat people, when we are full of grace, we are offering them something that they don't deserve. It mirrors the grace of God that has been made available to us that we do not deserve. Allow your conversation to be seasoned and full of grace. Then Paul goes on to say that it should also be seasoned with salt. I don't have to tell you uh, what salt does uh, it, besides raising your blood pressure. I mean, it, it really enhances flavor, doesn't it? I mean, it brings out the quality. It makes food taste really good. Back in the day, it also uh, was used to preserve uh, uh, food and to slow down decay and the rotting of food. Um, it enhances the flavor of everything that it touches. And so when, when Paul is saying that our conversation should be seasoned with salt, essentially what he saying is slow down the decay of this world with your conversation enhance the flavor and the lives of every person that you talk to during this holy season bring out the very best quality of their lives by what you say to them and then before Paul even gets into how our conversation uh, looked he he started out by saying devote yourselves to prayer Devote yourselves to prayer because what comes out of you during this next 23 days will in many ways be a direct reflection on what's going on in you during these 23 days. And so Paul is saying, devote yourself to a season of prayer, focusing on me and my will and my way for the world. And when you're focusing on me and my will and my way and my desire for the world, then what comes out of you will be different than what will come out of you if you lose sight of that time of intentional 
uh, time with me. We can't season this season with expressions of God's love if we haven't spent time contemplating the love of God that has been made known to each one of us. So how might you greet one another with expressions of God's love this season? Maybe when you're writing that long Christmas letter that nobody really cares about, but you, you know, you know everybody gets one. It's like three pages long. And in January, we went to Pigeon Forge, and in February, we did this. Why not add a spiritual reflection on what's been going on in your life spiritually throughout that year? Uh, maybe it's just um, uh, changing the way you say something uh, you, you don't have to say, uh, Merry Christmas. You could say, bless you this Christmas. Just something slightly different that, that sort of, oh, I didn't expect you to say it quite that way. And, and it makes people stop and be mindful of the season. Maybe it's adding a scripture reference to your Christmas cards that you send out. Uh, maybe it's sitting down with your family and actually, before you open your presents, reading the gospel story of the birth of Jesus. There are so many ways that you can season this season with an expression of God's love in the way you greet one another and in the conversations that you have with one another. What I'm inviting you to do is just be purposeful in those greetings. Because really, you are like an animated Christmas card. You reflect St. Mark's United Methodist Church in the way that you uh, greet and converse with other people. You reflect the Christian faith in the way that you greet and you converse with, Christian, with other people. And I'm just inviting you, as you go about these next few days, during the season of Advent, to do what you can to season the season with the flavor of Christ in the way you can greet and converse one with another.